So I know this movie is about like a dog therapist and everything as like a guy who is a therapist to dogs. But would you have a dog therapist, meaning a dog who's a therapist to you? I guess you've never had a dog before then, because that's exactly (laughs) what dogs are for. Yeah, but like one that could like read your mind and like talk to you. They can. And this question is irrelevant. Well, in maybe, but (laughs) the good ones can. They can like read your mind and be like, oh, they're down. But like, uh, have I ever encountered a dog? that can overtake their owner's body? No. Okay. So you've been hyping up dogs a lot here. But they can't overtake the body, so they're really just slacking there, I feel. Are we a dog hype podcast? I mean, I have a cat. I love my cat. But it doesn't seem like you like that. depends <laughs> welcome to the second episode of the untitled decom podcast i am still ethan i am now anthony you are now anthony is this like anthony 2.0 it varies yeah five. next week i'm gonna be now that's what i call anthony now that's what i call anthony Right. What what like version of it? Because like there's like eighty five. Now that's what I call music. So now that's what I call Anthony. You can't just be one. You have to be a number. I'm 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 number one. We're on step one. We're we're testing out the market, seeing if people would like to listen to just a CD of me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, so you're going solo already. Well, as Anthony. So you're having a solo podcasting career as Anthony. doesn't matter what your name is. What are you're you still going to, solo. What are you trying to tell me? I, I think you're trying to tell me that you're quitting on episode two of the podcast. Cut to cameras. We should. <laughs> We're off the record now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that we're off the record and only... Um, the viewers can hear me. Yeah. And Ethan cannot. I, I am quitting. <laughs> that first episode, um, it was enough to let me know that I would stick with Ethan as long as he wore, as long as he didn't wear an Eagles jersey. And here we are. Two episodes so, in. <laughs> I... Not hearing that conversation you just had with the audience, I think we're in a great place. I think we had a great first episode. I think we had some great camaraderie. I think we had some fun with our decoms. And I think we're ready just to talk about you, Lucky Dog, on the record. I'd agree. I think it was a great step one. <laughs> I'm ready for step two. Uh, which is probably probably the creakiest step in this 106-step staircase that I can think of. Yeah. Especially after watching it. 
It was. I, I would say it's pretty creaky, but we don't have much to base it off of as our second decom. Right. But it was from, creaky nonetheless. It was creaky from experience and from just even comparing it to the first one. It is in a completely different realm. Yeah. Than, <laughs> than under wraps. This one is bonkers. I... How much money do you think the this film budget was? Oh, this is a fun game that I think we should do more often. Um, uh, it's early. You've had one decom. The budget's gotta be low. It's on TV. Five million. Crazy guess. So I'll <laughs> preface that with, um. Five million in 1998 is probably a lot less. It's probably a lot more money now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inflation, you know, that sucks. Yeah. But also, um, you were a million off. Four million dollar budget. Oh, okay. And I think think the important thing to note is I would like to play this game more, but it involves a lot more digging. And I looked, I looked at Under Wraps and I looked at our next episode brink and neither of them showed a budget oh they disney just doesn't want you to know how much they were spending on it which i feel like it means it was a lot and they're just afraid to admit it or it was nothing (laughs) one of the two options yeah maybe i feel like maybe they thought that they would just bomb so they didn't give enough like any money but they were just making so much money off of these straight-to-TV movies that it fueled them for 106 movies. It definitely feels more in the realm of what the movies they were doing before Under Wraps, where mm-hmm. it was, like, much more... Because you have, like... You have legitimate, like, actors in this movie, whereas Under Wraps was pretty much unknowns. And yeah. one guy who is going to become a legitimate actor. <laughs> and pretty soon. Whereas, like, this movie, I I assume Disney was like, hey, Kirk, Kirk Cameron, uh, the star of the film, we want to do a movie with you. And he walked in with the script that Apparently, he had had for a couple of years at this point. Okay. Walked in and handed them the script and said, yeah, let's, I'll do that one. <laughs> and they said, all right. I will do the movie where I act like a dog. It was a 27-day... It was scheduled to be a 27-day shoot. Um, which feels, feels light, but I've never made a movie before. I haven't either, but for something like, I'm, we're going to clown on this movie a lot for like, I'm going to say what's in it, but it doesn't seem cheaply made. So I, and like, there's a lot of elaborate sequences. So I feel like they need a lot more than 27 days, especially when you're working with, um, a dog. Well, they are going to need more than 27 days because in the middle of filming, 
on its sixth day, 50 crew members stopped production to protest for union membership. <laughs> um, it was not, not a lawn strike, not a lawn protest, only two hours. But uh, oh, they all that. got <laughs> they all got full union status. That's honestly impressive in two hours. So clearly, uh, they were not in the interest of making this last a month. <laughs> they wanted to get in, get out, and destroy a lot of things as much as possible in these this short amount of time. They could tell that Kurt Cameron was so difficult. And they were ready to go on forward. So let's let's talk before we dive into the movie. Let's talk about our title. Uh, well, not our title. Our lead in the movie, uh, Kirk Cameron, who plays Jack, a dog therapist slash dog psychic slash dog psychic, and sometimes, honestly, a dog. Dog. <laughs> a literal dog. But but we'll, we'll get to that. What can you tell us about Kirk Cameron? Because he's the crazy person. Um, yes. Now, I'm not the guy to talk about, like, past credits mainly. But he was on Growing Pains, and I've heard of it before. Well, the thing about... I can touch on the Growing Pains part, because I know you know a lot more of the rest of his career. <laughs> the thing with Growing Pains is um, he's going to, at some point through filming the show, he's going to start to demand that Growing Pains strays away from topics that are not in the correct light of his religious views. Yes, because... Before he started, he was an atheist, but during Growing Pains, he became a, uh, a born-again Christian, which isn't always a bad thing, but um, when that leads to a, uh, becoming an evangelist, some issues arise. I can imagine so. <laughs> um, so after Growing Pains... Um, he partners with another evangelist named uh, Ray Comfort. Weird name. Um, but they founded the ministry called The Way of the Master, which seems very uh, kung fu. But for Christianity. It feels like the ministry that you would want to get into if you were being forced into a ministry. Yeah, because it sounds real cool. It's like, oh, I'm going to learn the way of the master. But instead of uh, fighting uh, ninjas and foes, you're learning about uh, Christianity and stuff like that. It's going to be fine. Uh, yeah. But I have a feeling there- it wasn't in this time. This one. <laughs> There's a lot of things he did, but I think looking through what the ministry did, um, my favorite part about it was in November of 2009, him and um, his partner went to college campuses 
and they distributed alternate altered versions of Charles Darwin's um, like evolution book. And so, like, evolution's a thing. It happens. It's, it's science. But um, the book they were handing out consisted of chapters that um, were removed, and it had an introduction that contradicted some things. Weird U-turn. Or more <laughs> of, like, uh, just a hard right turn Kirk Cameron took. From being I, I, an actor to handing out fake evolution books. I think we can say Kirk Cameron went through some growing pains of his own. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. I got you there. <laughs> now, <laughs> oh, that was funny. Thank you. I'll t- that's the only one I'm going to have all time. But you know what's funnier is that... Um, they said later that the four chapters that they took out of the book were random to make the book small enough to be given out as a giveaway. And that the other chapters were available online for um, download. But what's even funnier about that is um, they made the next book, the second edition, a smaller text size. Um, it still lacks Darwin's preface and the glossary of terms that he included. So they never give out the uh, correct book. What? <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of appeal as a college student to take an evolution book handed to you by Kurt Cameron. I'll say that. However, yeah. I can't imagine it gets through to anybody, and it's yeah. just a great story. Yeah, I feel like um, the book on evolution. Like, like Darwin is readily available on college campuses. And if you were to like check the book out at like a university library, you'd see that it's missing many things. Right. I just, I would never look to Kurt Cameron or any member of the Growing Pains cast outside of Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> for any information. Really on anything. Yeah, I don't know much about the cast, but like just in general, probably wouldn't like trust a sitcom cast to give me thoughts on their like religion and stuff. Well, another member of the cast is Kirk Cameron's wife. Oh, I did not know this. Chelsea Noble, who plays who plays the neighbor on Growing Pains, and is also going to play the lawyer for Mister Windsor and Jack and Lucky in this movie. Oh, okay. They're also going to team up for a lot of. Lot more movies down the line where the main point is to not be a sinner, or else when Christ comes back, you're doomed. Was that a quote? Because that sounded like a quote. It was a rough summary. <laughs> he might have been right. We are all doomed. I'll give him that much. 
Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel like if Kirk Cameron came to our college campus, first off, I wouldn't notice him. If I was walking with you, you'd be the one to say something. He has a very celebrity face. Yeah, but we have, like, people who, like him, who come to campus with their picket signs of, like, everything is wrong. Like, being gay and all that stuff. So I'd probably just ignore him walking by, thinking it's just another one of these guys. Right. I think I would, too, but then I think I would... I think I'd be able to recognize that it was Kirk Cameron, and I think I would have to... You'd have to engage in some way. And now well, now that we know what Kirk Cameron looks like, I think you'd be able to spot him. However, you have a very limited memory. <laughs> it's, it's pretty short term, but I think the good thing is if he did come to our campus, we could get him on the pod. We tried. We sent, like, eight emails to him for this episode, and he uh, <laughs> did not respond. It's okay. Lucky was definitely the better try to get on the podcast. But he had Lucky 12 emails. Clear. He had 12 emails. We went yeah. hardcore for Lucky, but uh, Lucky did not want to talk to us. Right. You would think maybe it is a better idea to put the whole email in one email instead of breaking it up into 12 chunks, but <laughs> you're living to learn. That's show business. Um, but that's all I have on Kirk Cameron. He's a homophobe also, but that comes with the uh, territory of being an evangelist, I feel. Unfortunately. Yeah. However, not really however. That's bad, period. <laughs> next, next topic. <laughs> it's the name of the Kirk Cameron terrible movies where he tells us that we're all going to be left left behind for being sinners, is titled Left Behind. And there are three of them. There's three? Yeah. It rivals trilogies such as The Godfather and Star Wars. And Wartheads. Although that's a a saga. That's That's a saga. That's a throwback to long ago, a.k.a. our first episode. Do you have a guess for the titles of Left Behind 1, 2, and 3? Um, first one is Left Behind, because you got to start all of them with just a name. Uh, left Behind 2, even more Left Behind, I feel, is a solid one. And then <laughs> Left Behind 3, I'm super left behind. Please, somebody stop and come back for me. Very close. The first one is titled Left Behind, the movie. Oh, okay, because it was uh, something else first, apparently. Right, you didn't want to get that wrong. You wanted people to know. (laughs) The second one was Left Behind 2, Tribulation Force. Those are some big words. And by a bunch of big words, I mean one big word. But And the the third one was Left Behind, World at War. Oh, I thought it was going to be a world tour. Like the 3D concert movie. <laughs> Left Behind World Tour. I think I think it'd be better if it was like in a concert version where it's like rock. It's like, you're all going to be doomed. The world's on fire. Like, don't sin. 
I think the message would get across better. Fun fact about Kirk Cameron is his sister is DJ Tanner from Full House. Judging by your face, you've never seen Full House, which is... Never seen Full House, yeah. Which is a shame, and I'm not really sure how that's happened. (laughs) But not surprising as well. Are you familiar with the cult classic Fuller House? Uh, I've heard of I've heard of Full House. Like, don't get me wrong, I've heard of this stuff. I just haven't watched it. That's the one with um uh uh you got it, dude. Right. (laughs) That's 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 Full House for you. Nailing it. (laughs) Thanks. Let's get into the movie. But first, let's take a quick break, because Ethan probably has to go to the bathroom. I'd like to make it clear that I didn't have to go pee, but I am like a kid before like a road trip, and uh, I have to pee before we go on this journey. And what a journey it will be. Yeah, so we watched uh, You Lucky Dog. You Lucky Dog. If you couldn't tell... Um, from the start of the podcast, which I'll be honest, I don't think we introduced it. We slipped some things in there about the dog psychic, which is really confusing not knowing the movie at all. But, uh, yeah, there's a dog psychic. There's a dog psychic. Dog therapist? But mostly dog, like, clothes. Like, dog, uh, host body, if you will. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good description of it. But we'll definitely get into more of a detailed explanation of that when we get to that point in the film. But uh, You Lucky Dog premiered on June 27th, 1998 on the Disney Channel. The second ever DCOM. And it starred Kirk Cameron as Jack, also known as the dog host body. So the movie starts out with a super strange dog montage montage with a young Kirk Cameron. I guess. And there's like newspaper headlines and it's like, this guy can, this kid can read dog minds and he's an orphan. I missed that point, but I'm yeah. glad we, I'm glad we really started off with like, this movie is going to be crazy, like, right off the bat. They weren't right. pulling any punches. Because especially in 1998, I feel like if there was an orphan boy who was like, I can read dog minds, he would not have much credibility. No. I, even now, like, if that happens, you're just like, you're a scam. You're uh, I'm never going to talk about you. Or you're not going to get awards or anything. Right, they would just ignore him like we do any money. <laughs> Who touts something as crazy as that. But I do like to say, um, when I started the film, my sound was off. So the first thing that comes up on the screen is a slow uh, zoom out of a picture of Kirk Cameron and the dog. 
And without the music, which is like happy, it really seems like a death, like montage kind of thing coming up. It just seemed like a sad memorial for Kirk Cameron and his dog. And I was very thrown off once again. Crazy move to watch this movie with no sound. You say it like I planned on it. I'm I'll be stupid. Honest. I'm stupid. But We're I didn't do that. that. Stupid. Yeah. I'll be honest. It could have been a better move than watching this movie with sound. It could have. But I, I'm, I'm glad I, I went through it with the sound. Because now I, now I know. If I've at least got some context. That's true. The montage is going to end and we're going to go to a limo where an, an older gentleman is sitting with his dog. The man is reading a newspaper about Jack and his dog mind reading ability. His credentials. We'll later learn that the man is Mr. Windsor and the dog is named Lucky. Mr. Windsor is played by Hansford Rowe, who is a World War II veteran who passed away in 2017 at the age of 93. He also played Phyllis's dad in The Office in the one episode where she gets married and Michael is given the job of pushing her dad in the wheelchair while he walks her down the aisle until the father tries to get up himself and walk Phyllis down the aisle as Michael tries to push him back down. But this film is obviously his more important credit. I think so. Yeah. Also, Lucky will be played by Bogus. Shout out Bogus. I gotta say, he's one of the best actors in the film. I would agree. Okay, I'm, I'm glad we're in agreement on that. I may not know a lot of actors, but I know Bogus from uh, You Lucky Dog. We're gonna cut to uh, a couple outside of Jack's office with the with the receptionist uh, Bernice who is played by Christine Cavanaugh. Do you know any of her other roles? Absolutely not. Of course you didn't. But <laughs> she played Chucky Finster in Regrets. Amazing. Dexter in Dexter's Laboratory. Oh, so she did stuff. Okay. Babe and Babe. <laughs> Unfortunately, she also passed away in 2014. But that's that's a that's a good career. She had a pretty good career. She is definitely recognizable. Like I when I saw her originally, I was not like I didn't recognize her right off the bat, but then like her name was kind of like in there. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw it, she was Chucky Finster, I was like, oh. It doesn't and, make sense now that you say it. Right. And in the and in the movies too. 
like yeah, the Paris one? The Paris one. I'm not sure about the Wild Thorn Mary crossover. The Paris one is the only one that matters, to me at least. Do you remember the Smellovision in the Wild Thornberries one? I thought we were going to talk about the Smellovision in Spy Kids. They were both pretty great. Smellovision's good. I'm upset that it's not around as much. I don't think I've ever experienced Smellovision, but we should bring it back just so Ethan can experience it. We should bring it back for this podcast. Yeah, we can get Smellovision for the podcast. We uh, one of my scents is the cat litter that sits behind me. I have orange mango energy drink. Unsponsored orange mango energy drink. If you would like to sponsor the orange mango energy drink scent <laughs> on our scratch and sniff card that you get sent with every podcast, um, reach out. Or just come to my house. Knock on my door. I'll answer. Please don't. I'm sorry. That was a lie. I have, I have social anxiety. Where <laughs> It's not the best move to knock on my door, especially in times like these. So we're going to cut to Jack inside his office with the dog. And the dog is kind of just sitting there. And then he's going to jump onto Jack's food and eat his food. The man in the couple that was waiting outside is going to get very annoyed and barge in after he gets upset that they paid $50 for a dog therapist that he does not think is real. Because he's not. He's not. He's not real. But his wife thought, and I'm, I'm glad he went along with his wife. Right, his yeah, he's supportive, but also um, is going to call the mayor on the fraudulent dog therapist. We never hear about this mayor ever again, correct? He's going to be on the phone with the mayor in the next scene. Yeah. And this guy, spoiler alert, is going to show back up in the movie. Oh, he does. I completely forgot about that. He does show up later in the movie. But the whole, the mayor shutting the thing down doesn't play too much of a big role. No, outside of the fact that the mayor will shut the thing down. Yeah, but it's not like explicitly stated. But it's it's like obvious. But it's not like the mayor is a, an important part of this. It's somebody shut the business down because it's a scam. Before the mayor shuts the business down, Jack is going to get a visitor in Mr. Windsor, his dog, Lucky, and his driver, Calvin, who I personally will refer to as Uncle Phil a lot during this recording. Uncle Phil and Calvin are both played by James Avery. Uh, he passed away in on December 31st in 2013. He was like, I remember when he passed away, and it was like, I was in the 
elevator for the contemporary resort in Disney oh, World. Dang. And we were we were going up to the California grill. And like I think my brother said it. And like everyone everyone was like everyone got really like bummed out by the news. Mm-hmm. Including the elevator operator. Who was <laughs> who like those guys are just always like kind of just like stoic, but like it was it was it was a nice moment because they was such a like a lovable character in Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Mm-hmm. And he's he's pretty great in this. I yeah, like I joked about Lucky or Bogus being the best actor, but he's a reputable actor and he's really good at what he does. I didn't watch Fresh Prince of Bel Air because that's not surprising. Um but I've heard of him and he always does good stuff when he shows up. Right. And if you yeah, you didn't watch anything that didn't have singing or dancing teenagers in it. So Or SpongeBob. Or SpongeBob. <laughs> so it's understandable. And that's why I love SpongeBob the musical. <laughs> that makes one person. Wow. Mr. Winter's gonna come up with his dog. And he's going to ask Jack to talk to his dog and uh, he's going to ask that Jack to talk to his dog and they're going to go forward with the meeting. Jack and Lucky are going to go into his office where Jack's going to talk about how he can't read dog minds anymore. Yeah, he straight up admits it. He was a dog. And the dog is gonna um, start talking to Jack in Jack's mind. The way this is done in the film doesn't make too much sense because there's no voice for the dog. Right. Technically, but the thing is, the dog stares down Jack, and then there's, like, a whoosh sound. And that's the signal for... Or I, I don't think it happens later in the movie, but at least in this scene, that's the signal for something is happening between Jack and Lucky. Right. The communication is going to be very confusing, and even just, like, the concept of Jack's powers are going to be confusing. There's never any explanation, and I don't think there's ever a set of rules for his powers, but they just go along with it. Right, there are no rules to what Jack can do. However, they are entirely limited to Lucky as a dog, and no other dog in sight. I think he said when he was 14, there was another dog that he could do it with, but since that time, I think he's like in his 30s in this film. There hasn't been a dog where he's had that connection. It's a strange concept, and it's never going to get less strange. I'd imagine it really only ramps up. Uh, yeah, there's, it don't, there are only more powers get added to it other than him understanding the dog's thoughts and sayings. A lot more powers are going to get added. We'll get into that. Yeah. However, uh, Jack's going to realize that Lucky's 
getting to him. But Jack's gonna hate that concept and gonna. Yeah. He just takes the dog out of the office when like the sound happens. And I, this is a terrible idea because it's obvious that Jack's making absolutely no money from his services because customers just run out all the time. So you think at least trying with the dog would be the right move and at least save his business. Right. The first time in his entire career as a dog therapist, he actually gets through to a dog. He decides to run out (laughs) with a dog and demand the owner take the dog back and not accept payment. Yeah, he says, nope, I'm not taking your money. That's not happening. He's going to offer Mr. Windsor some insight to what Lucky said to Jack in their two seconds of conversing. It had nothing to do with the concept of, oh, how are you reading my mind? Yeah. But it had all to do with the concept of warning his owner about the hostility of three people in his own Ooh, spooky. We're going to cut to two weeks later in Jack's empty apartment that strongly resembles the Veronica Mars detective agency, but you won't understand that reference. Other people will. I hope they do, but I, th- I do think it is his office that's getting cleaned out. I don't think it's his apartment. Right. What did I say? Apartment. We never, see, we never see where Jack lives. And I'm, I think I'm scared to see where he would live. But we, it's not important in this film. Right, he seems like... It feels like this business has to have been going on long enough for Jack... Seems like he is making a lot more money then this business would imply. Yeah, and it seems like a small town from where he's from. So you think word's got to get around that this guy's a scam and that nothing ever happens to the dogs that he therapizes, if that's a word. Listen. So he's got to be shut down. He listens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to sound smart, but listens to makes a lot more sense. But the thing is, his business should have been shut down by now, is what I'm trying to say. Right. It doesn't make sense. There's a lot of stuff that we're gonna we're gonna watch get repossessed in this scene where it's like how the income doesn't make sense for Jack. It's Doesn't. astronomical. Like, there's very impressive things in this apartment. It's a very big apartment. Oh, I keep saying apartment. I, was gonna, I wasn't going to correct you this time, but yeah, office. Office. Like, it, it is confusing as to the level of what this is. There's also a 50, he charges $50. Yeah, uh, Mr. Winston, just hand him straight a $50 bill. Right. And that was the extent of the transaction. Right. And and the guy before Mr. Windsor is going to complain about it costing 50 He charges $50. How 
how much is he getting paid? I get that I don't know the price of things back in 1998, but it doesn't make sense. How many dogs are there to talk to is another thing. Right. You got to run through your clientele in like five years at most. Right. It's in, it's in Los Angeles, which is like big. You've got people. Yeah. And I assume... I assume, like, people are, like, coming from around more to, like, we got to check out this dog therapist that can talk to dogs. But he's so so clearly scamming people. I mean, he is asleep in his office while the two people wait outside. He is asleep. And you're willing to tell me that was the first time anyone ever thought to have him <laughs> shut down? And it works instantly? Yeah, it took two weeks, and that man was shut down. And Bernie said he had absolutely no appointments till next Thanksgiving. So it wasn't like he was losing out on any business he was going to get. But I, I think we've exhausted how Jack doesn't have any money or does because he'll get some in this film. Right, let's speed it along because we're like – we're like an hour into like about five minutes into the movie. You're angry about this money thing, and I think we can we can move on. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, two weeks later, Jack is being kicked out of his office. Calvin walks back in and lets Jack know that Min- Mr. Windsor passed away. And he asks Jack to come to the estate with him to talk to Lucky because he needs to be there. I don't know if he mentions the will reading. Uh, he doesn't. He just says, you're not doing anything because his office is getting repossessed. So he's like, just come with me and we'll explain when we get there. But what's with these films and having the old guy just die in the first like 10 minutes right because it happened in under wraps too technically technically that was their plan (laughs) it's It's like it's always taxes (laughs) this says a lot about society it's always the taxes (laughs) we're gonna cut to the estate I think Jack reluctantly agrees and is like, yeah, fine, I'll come. Yeah. You figured me out. I'm not doing anything in my <laughs> office. It's being repossessed entirely. I So repossessed, they grab the phone out of his hands. Yeah, the one that's plugged in somewhere. Plugged in somewhere as he's on the line with the mayor. <laughs> Absolute bonkers of a movie so far. And we're not even into the worst. We're not even like 10 minutes in. We're going to cut to the estate where we see three people hearing hearing the will being read by the attorney, uh, Mr. Windsor, and Lucky. Spoiler alert. Allison, played by Chelsea Noble. Um, we got into enough. 
the three people here in the world being read are Lyle, Margaret, and Reuben Windsor, his niece, his niece and nephews. Mm-hmm. Lyle is played by John Delancey, who is Q from Star Trek. Haven't seen it. <laughs> we know. That's going to make it clear. Margaret, played by Christine Healy. And Ruben, played by Taylor Negron. Negron. He was a... Uh, he was in a few things. He was in Easy Money, which is what my dad recognized him in from as we uh, were watching. He's probably the funniest part of the movie. I think so. There's, there's, not, I would, there's not a lot of funny things in this film, so it's not that difficult. But I think he's the standout of the, uh, of the three nephews. Right. And niece. And niece. and niece. I'm going to call them nephews this whole time because I don't have enough time to say nephews and niece every time. I was trying to search for a word that encapsulates nephews and niece. And I think the best word is like relatives, but that doesn't like we've had a lot of time to come up with a word as a society <laughs> to merge nephews and nieces. Ethan but- and Tony are urging the dictionary to add a word to encapsulate nieces and nephews. We are starting this revolution. Get on board. Ruben's going to get a chair. He's pretty pumped about that. Yeah. Uh, Margaret's going to get a mirror and Lyle is going to get nothing. There's the, will pretty... just ro- the will just roast every single one of them. Right, there are pre- some pretty mean messages within the whale. Just roasts everybody and then lets them know that none of them got $64 million. But that $64 million was put into a trust for somebody. Ooh. Who knows? Ooh. Okay, pause the podcast, make your guess, write it down. And then, and then hide it. And then, when the podcast finishes, see if you're able to guess who got the money. And the prize, if you get it right, is sixty-four million dollars. The prize is an autographed check for sixty-four million dollars from Lucky the dog. Uh oh! I think you just spoiled it. But I know. I think you just spoiled it. Lucky's a movie star. Of course, he has $64 million in the bank. That's my bad. That's my bad. Right. Well, they already paused it and wrote it down. So now open up your card and see if you got it right. (laughs) Jack's going to show up to the estate in a very strange, like, physical comedy scene where everyone's being let out by the cops and they're going to, like, tackle him into the limo yeah and then uh clive pulls jack out via the sunroof which means the rest of the relatives are in that limo where he closes the door and drives them away who's clive he's the uh oh sorry calvin (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I I think I combine Clint. Nope, it's. I think I'm wrong. There's a Lyle. It's, there's a Calvin, Calvin, which is Uncle Phil. Yes. And there's Cly- It's Clive Windsor, the right. old man. And I just yeah. said I didn't get either of them right. You didn't combine them. You just said Clive. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'd be like that. This movie's not good with telling you names. Uh, no. I think we really only hear the uh, the nephews' names like at, in this scene because when I went to write their names down later, I kept having to go back to this scene to figure out who they were. I I went through the Wikipedia page where like I I had Ruben's name and that was it. Yeah, yeah. Clyde, Clive, and Calvin are all going to take their strength and pick up Jack out of the sunroof. (laughs) Jack's going to meet Allison, the family attorney. (laughs) She's going to take him into the house. They're going to walk through the house, and she's going to drop the information that Mr. Windsor gave Lucky... All $64 million. He put it in a trust for Lucky. And the trustee to that account is Jack. So by association, Jack is now a millionaire. Right. Jack is a millionaire. He is going to be offered... He's going to be offered the job as trustee. He's going to get to live in the mansion with Lucky. And he has to live in the mansion. That's one of the rules. And then on top of that, he gets cash and credit cards galore that just Mr. Windsor and the nephews had. So he gets everything, basically. Do you know... Adjusted for inflation, how much is $64 million today? I'm trying to think about like when we did these in like history classes. I'm going to say $100 million? That seems about right. It's pretty close. It's, uh, it's a little over $102 million. Oh, man. My money guesses have been on point today. $102 million left for a dog. I don't think you can even attempt to spend that much money as a dog. Certainly not. You would need almost a host body. Yeah, I don't think that happens in this movie, but that's that's a good point. Nope. Lucky and Jack are going to have a moment here where Lucky's going to start scratching his ear, causing Jack to also scratch his ear. Yeah, this is the first point where we see this connection. Like, that's more than just the reading thoughts. Now, I have a clear bone to pick, but we will bring it up. That's a good pun. That's a good pun. It's a good pun. (laughs) And that was entirely on purpose. Yeah. It's said throughout the movie that if Lucky gets too excited, Jack... 
is then under Lucky's control. Yes, he acts as Lucky. Lucky is not excited right now. He's not doing it. He's scratching his ear. How do you know? Dogs don't do much in their day. He could get excited just by scratching his ear. I get excited sometimes like that. Just like, that was fun. I got nothing better to do than scratch my ear. We're going to see a lot of points where Lucky gets overly excited and nothing happens. Or <laughs> Lucky gets not excited. And, and a lot happens. And a lot happens. Mostly this scene. But like I said, this movie will not make sense. <laughs> and we will try to explain it as best as we can. That's what we're here for. That's what our job is. You're getting paid for this? Yeah, you you signed that contract, don't you remember? I didn't think that was legal, just like I didn't think giving $64 million to a dog was legal, but they kind of gloss over that part. Hard to argue. Uh, we're going to cut to the three nieces and nephews um, talking to a lawyer to try and get their money back. The lawyer's Mr. Fister. He's played by Granville Van Dusen. It's a fun name. Okay. okay. Granville. 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 Like Granville. Oh, Gran- Grandmaville. That sounds like a fun place. Grandmaville Van Dusen. Well, it depends on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> they asked Mr. Fister, hey, can you get us our money back? And Mr. Fister lets them know, yeah, no problem. Real easy trick. And all, and it, we'll keep it a secret, but it is an insanely easy trick that Mr. Fister does to get the money back. He's going to say, however, that it's 30% of their money is how much it'll cost for him to represent them and get their money back. Yeah, so they, like, the lawyer says he's got to prove Jack as mentally incompetent, as they say, and... He's got a point. I don't think it's that difficult to try to prove a uh, dog therapist who's been scamming people out of their monies for at least, like, I'm going to say 15 years. It shouldn't be that hard. It won't be. I'm, I think. Obviously it won't. Outside of some harsh criminal activity from the relatives, I'm on their side. This yeah. man is not mentally fit to control a $64 million. He's not, and the dog getting the money in the first place shouldn't be legal either, but whatever. So they decide, we're not listening to you, lawyer man. We're going to do this ourselves. Who needs you? We want all our money. Who needs lawyers? We don't want to give you $21 million to get oh, you did the math. $64 million. It's not hard math. Says you. What's a third of six? Two. There we go. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. 
we we do some edu we're an educational podcast now. Now. Uh oh. Haven't we always been? If you want to put it that way. It's where the money is an educational podcast. Yeah, not <laughs> not decoms from the nineties. Referring to the contract that you uh, signed for me, yeah. Don't bring up that contract ever again. I'll bring it up as much as I want. It's in okay. the contract. <laughs> We're going to cut back to the mansion where Jack is playing in a bubble bath with a combination of bath toys, and I assume dog toys. They gotta be dog toys. They have to be dog toys. They look like dog toys. They do. But there's bubbles as well, so hopefully you don't notice that they're dog toys. Hopefully. However, the maids walk in. Uh, I think they knock first. They knock. Uh, they know he lives there now. Um, the maids walk in, see, because Jack has now gone underwater to get the ball or whatever. He pops back up, scares the maids, and the maids are like, they don't say anything, actually. They don't, and they just walk out. And that's the extent of this scene. Right. Scene's over. They're going to cut to the trio. Trio of bad guys in a motel. They say if something happens to Lucky, the money reverts back to them. Which does not make sense. It doesn't? But the dog, I'm going to say it's a lot. The dog getting the money in the first place doesn't make sense as well. So there's got to be a rule for, like, if you're a dog and you get $64 million, but your dog psychic technically has the money as well, if the dog gets hurt or is taken away, the money goes back to these people. There's got to be some clause in there. Right, I guess it's a pretty ludicrous will in itself, so why why poke at one flaw because there are <laughs> 800 more in it? It's a good point. You bring up a great point. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, but there's got to be some lawyer laws about dogs obtaining large sums of money. Reuben is once again the funniest character. Um, I have a question about this scene. Okay. What the heck is a vibrating bed? All right. Um, I don't know much about them, mm-hmm. but they cost a quarter. It cost yeah. Ruben gets a quarter for the vibrating bed to end the scene. Is their last quarter? Is it the last quarter or last nickel? It's the last quarter, but they buy stuff later. But in this scene, it's their last quarter. Right. Relatively, it's it doesn't matter. They have enough money, despite having no money, to do whatever they want. Much like Jack. <laughs> a, a vibrating. Mattress is like it, it's something that's always been in like tropes. It's like always been a trope in movies and TV shows. Like I know okay. I've seen it in The Simpsons. 
it it was definitely something I just kind of passed off watching it as something from the 90s. And I'm like, I don't need to understand this. It just doesn't play a part. It's just kind of like a, it's almost like a massage chair, but for a bed. Yeah, like a bed. It's like, it's not meant for anything like, it's just like, hey, long, long travel, rest and, and get a massage on this rest bed. Rest and shake. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. That's, that's all that I cared about in this scene. Cause right. They just threatened to basically kill the dog. We did a great job vamping as I looked that up. <laughs> it's a skill. A skill. We're not a research podcast. <laughs> We're we not a podcast. Speak first, research later. That's life. At least ours. It's the way to go. After the vibrating bed scene, we're going to go back to the kitchen. Of the mansion. Of the mansion, where the maid and the cook are making dinner for Jack. No problem. (laughs) Uh, They have a whole conversation where he's like, don't worry about me. I'm completely normal. So normal. Super duper normal. But he starts having like a back and forth with the dog, but he can't understand that the dog is talking to him and mm-hmm. not the maids. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense because this doesn't happen again. But he takes like the dog out of the room to talk to the dog in private, but is very loud to talk to, like, the maids can hear. Right, the maids can hear all of the conversation. And essentially what it boils down to is Lucky's like, hey, I gotta go to the bathroom. I respect that. I'm with, I'm with Lucky on that one. Right. And, and, they, and he, and they're having this, like, weird conversation. The dog's gonna jump on the table He's going to, like, freak out on the dog and be like, look, I don't know why we can communicate. And, like, but he's been doing it with this dog. Like, he's been talking to this dog all movie. Yeah, and it's happened to him in the past. We get that little backstory piece that it's happened to him before, just not in a while. Right, it's clearly something that he's got. <laughs> in his mind, like, he knows that he can do this. And just the fact, like, he's so... His mind is so blown with the concept that he can do it a second time. (laughs) Weeks after doing it the first time with the same dog. You're getting very worked up about this. It's it's terrible. It is a terrible movie. Well, that's why I want to bring up, uh, to calm you down, I have an actor fact for you on this one. Because it's not going to happen often. I'm excited about this one. Do you know who played the other maid in this film? The maid? Wait, the maid or the cook? Uh, the, the maid. The maid, I think. I'm pretty sure. I know her name, but I, I don't think I have much recognition as to who she is. I'm really hype about this. This is the first time like I have something okay. about an actor that Tony doesn't. What, two so, episodes in. <laughs> it doesn't happen often, but Jane Carr plays the maid 
and she has played Cosmo's mother from the Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> I knew the voice, so I like I sidetrack. I paused the film. I'm like, I know this one, and it was Cosmo's mother from the Fairly Odd Parents. Cosmo's mother in the Fairly Odd Parents. I'll be honest. I couldn't tell you anything about Cosmo's mother from the Fairly Odd Parents, much I, less her voice. Well, I guess I could t- tell you her voice now. <laughs> I don't remember much about Cosmo's mom, but I'm like, I've heard this voice somewhere before. She's done a bunch of other stuff too, but that was the only one important to me, other than You Lucky Dog. Right. You Lucky Dog is pretty important to me. Yeah. Top two on her filmography. The other... The cook is played by Mary Pat Gleason, who is a face that I've definitely recognized before. Like, I've seen her in things. There was never Mm -hmm. something that I could, like, put my... Your brain? Whatever the term, whatever the saying is. Yeah. But, like, she is a very recognizable face, and she's definitely been a big character actress. Um... She was an Emmy. Uh, she was part of the Emmy award-winning writing team for *Guiding Light*, which is like one of the soap operas that are is on for like eighteen hundred, yeah, eighteen hundred years. Back to prehistoric times. They, and they just do the same. Operas. Yeah, they just like do the same storyline. However, um, she won an Emmy for that. Good for her. Uh, she passed away. Um, in June of 2020, which is unfortunate, but she's a she's a very like accomplished character actress, so that's pretty cool. And that's why they chose her for you, Lucky Dog. Right. Back on to the movie, and that did calm me down. Thank you. No, but I I I got to prove a point to you while also calming you down. So I think it's a double win. Wow. Point point for Ethan. Yes. Jack's going to take Lucky out to the bathroom after a lot of convincing. Yeah. Let the man pee or let the dog pee. Lucky uh, is going to... They're going to have some back and forth. Where Lucky, some comedy. Some comedy. Some great, great comedy. Which is exactly what you look for from this movie. Despite it being the worst. They're going to talk about um, bones. Lucky left some bones out here. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lucky is an amazing, is amazing bone barrier. Because it, the grass is untouched. The grass is perfect. Like he's never dug a hole before. Right. The as, grass is perfect. There's as we can see coming up, it, the grass is easily destroyed. Easily by anybody. And there's no dirt in sight either. Like all there's the dirt on Jack's the face. Right. There's dirt on Jack's face, but that's about it. Yeah. Is that Jack's face or Kirk Cameron's? Kirk Cameron's face. Right. They're the same person. Don't question me. No, I'm saying. Anyway. They start digging for bones together. 
this is the first time where we really see Lucky get so excited that he overtakes Jack's body. The first mm-hmm. time we saw Lucky take over Jack's body, it made no sense. But this time, Lucky gets excited, and they all start digging for some bones. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to them running all around the house. They destroy the living room, and the maids and the maid and the cook see what is happening outside and everything, and says, um, it's nothing personal. We just think you might be possessed by the devil or something. And they pack up and leave to never be seen again. They actually the maid is going to show up, yeah. But they jump ship. They jump ship. They get out of there. They're going to run far away. And Lucky and Jack are just going to destroy everything. Everything. Calvin's going to... Kevin's going to be woken up. He's not going to go downstairs and be like, well, I wonder what's happening. He's just like, right. He doesn't get paid enough for it. No. He's the driver, not the dog carer. Not the dog psychic. Come on. Cut to the morning. Lucky and Jack are going to wake up. They're surrounded by bones and pillow feathers. Calvin's going to come in. He's going to say, hey, you can talk to Lucky. And Jack's like, yeah, 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 you can talk to Lucky. And he said, ask Lucky why he ate my Italian leather gloves. Just to, like, prove it to him, like, that he can understand Lucky. I I saw him more as, like, he was just like, I want to know. Okay, it's a little bit of both, I think. I think it is a little bit of both, yeah. Jack says it's because Lucky likes Italian food. Yes. Which, honestly, I can respect that from Lucky. Italian food's good. Lucky's probably top three decision makers in this entire movie. Yeah, he goes pee. He eats Italian food. He has a good time. Right. I think He's just like me. I think if I'm restoring, like, people's decisions in this, it's, like, Lucky. Lucky's up there. Um, Mr. Fister, who demands a 30%. and Who's, Yeah, makes sense as a lawyer. Yeah, he, he makes some good decisions. And uh, I think Bernice, who quits. For a more stable in, career at the uh, chicken factory. The chicken the restaurant. Factory. And or restaurant. <laughs> All make better decisions than anyone who is associated with Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody like who's in contact with Jack human wise, just it's rough. So Jack explains to Calvin that when Lucky gets excited, he overtakes Jack. How does Jack know this? I don't know. I don't know either. But just go with it, I guess. Because that's what the movie does. Calvin's going to say something to Jack. And I'm, I, I'm here to quiz you again. I'm going to ask you. He's going to say, don't go and turn into Lassie anymore. Do you know who yeah. Lassie is? I, so the weird thing is, I think in like 
these kids shows in like Disney and Nickelodeon, a butt of a dog joke was always like Latsy and I think the well situation. And that's the big thing, right? Lassie had his own TV show, I think. TV show. And he has a video game. <laughs> like, Can we play a lot of books. Okay. Can we play the video game? I'm going to look that up after. It's a PlayStation it 2 game. I own a PS2. Well, there we go. Side podcast. We play very crappy versions of movies we watch or are referenced. Like last year's TV show that went on for like 20 years between 1954 and 1973. So it's just like a super like. I'm sure. I'm sure I've also like seen Lassie. Yeah, at some point. But it's just I was I was make, I was wondering if you had heard of Lassie because it felt like there was a chance, but it also felt like there's no way you could tell me what type of dog Lassie was. No, I've heard Lassie because it's just been ingrained in my mind from these types of shows that like make a joke about Lassie in passing, and you just kind of understand it after a while. So a- after that comment, we learned that uh, Lucky really hasn't been eating since Mister Windsor has died. Um, and this is the point where we get a look into Lucky's mind the night Mr. Windsor dies, where Lucky asks to be taken out in really, like, crappy weather. And Mr. Windsor's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And then Lucky, like, makes a face. And Mr. Windsor's like, yeah, I'll go outside. I'll take you out. So he takes Lucky out, and he just dies. He has a heart attack, it looks like. Right. He kind of just collapses. There's not much there. However... Lucky Lucky comes and he just licks him on the face. It was kind of sad, actually. Lucky's a really good actor. Bogus, I mean. My main problem is the the fact that Lucky hasn't eaten since the (laughs) night Mr. Windsor died. It has to be a while. Conceptually, it has to at least be a week. At minimum. Minimum. Because they're going through the will. That's not I don't think that's a thing that happens like immediately after. Right. Minimum a week plus a day. Yeah. For for that whole Jack day. That's eight days this dog hasn't eaten. And you're telling me you're telling me he's getting so excited to dig for bones and and to eat pillows and to just take over a person? He's that excited on no energy from food? And then in eight days, also, he's so depressed. <laughs> How is he, why is he getting so excited? Lucky's just built different, and I think you're angry about that. You could never be better than Lucky. I don't... I... You're jealous that he has the $64 million and you don't. You know, if we do 106 episodes of this podcast, according to our contract, you have to give me $64 million. No, I have to give you 30% of my money. It's my lawyer talked about it. You don't even know what a lawyer is. That's a good point. Um, Gotcha. (laughs) But after we see this flashback, Jack tells, like, Lucky he consoles him that it wasn't his fault and that Lucky needs a change of scenery. 
So where does Lucky recommend that they go? The mall. Right. That's interesting. Absolute change of scenery from uh, a mansion is a mall. I feel like just the people were like, okay, we can't film much more. We don't have much time left in this mansion. Where's another place we can film? Right. The mall is clearly like a three-day shoot. Yeah, it's like multiple days. They've they go to multiple stores, probably different ones, like different buildings. But just the mall kind of seems like a weird place for a dog to want to go. There's no establishment that like Mister Windsor and Lucky spend time at. Spent time at the mall. Just weird. Right. Yeah, complete change of pace. Also, why does Lucky know a mall is where you get stuff? <laughs> I don't know. He's got $64 million now. He's just... He's a baller. Right. That doesn't really... All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> so what happens next? Uh, so next, Calvin brings the car around. And at this point, Lucky gets excited again because he's going to the mall. He's excited. He's going to buy some stuff. And Jack starts to become the dog. Um... And that's when we notice that the uh, the nephews or the relatives, whatever you want to call them, uh, were spying on them the entire time. Right, and they're living, they're working out of like a weird, like van. Car, yeah, which they would have had to purchase. Yeah, because it's definitely not a car they have from their money days. Right. It's terrible. And apparently they're, they've they just they've had it this whole time. I don't understand it. I don't understand anything from this movie. I hate this movie. <laughs> uh, you may hate it, but we got more to go. So the, um, the nephews start following behind the limo and they catch Jack um, barking like a dog out the window with Lucky on camera. And we get this... Um, they start to swerve off the road and they crash into a complete bystander car. And we learn that, um, I think it was, it was Ruben hasn't been recording all the whole time, which is another cliche that I feel like we're going to run into a lot. Right. Ruben is like, Ruben's clearly like the goofball, like, Oh, blame it all on Ruben character. Mm-hmm. And he deserves better. Than his siblings, mm-hmm. but he he's pretty much he's pretty he's pretty cool. Like he doesn't do anything super criminal. Yeah, like he'll aid and abet a little bit, but he's not mean about it. I feel right. he just gets the sword into the stick. But you know, he's clearly there for the comic relief. He's a nice criminal. Nice criminal. Um. So after that. Jack somehow gets back to normal when Allison, the lawyer, calls up uh, because she's got more papers for Jack to sign. And Jack says uh, to meet her and her daughter at the mall to sign the papers. This daughter is out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And honestly, not super important to the plot of the movie. No. It affects the scene after, like, like in the final scene. 
but it's not important at all. Right. So then uh, we get to the mall and Lucky and Jack are at a furniture store and Lucky decides to buy a bunch of furniture, expensive furniture, um, gets the guy to deliver the furniture the next day when he said it would take a week. And then he goes off and buys a bunch of shoes because dogs need shoes. And then they go to the pet store and buy a bunch of toys. He's irresponsible, but a baller nonetheless. Yeah, Jack's not really like... I, I, what else is Lucky going to spend his money on, honestly? I mean, he's got $64 million of it. Living his best life. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. Yeah, like, he deserves it. But, um, so after Lucky goes on his spending spree, uh, Jack meets Allison and her daughter, Nicole. And uh, we see Nicole looking at a dog, and Allison is like, uh, we can't get the dog because we have no yard for it because I'm divorced. Uh, the whole <laughs> plot line of Allison doesn't particularly make sense to me. Where, like, it's like, yeah, uh, we live in an apartment, so we can't get a dog because dad took the house. <laughs> I guess I, I don't know how it would work, but I feel like he wouldn't get the house if you also got the daughter. Yeah, and I also feel like being a lawyer, you gotta make some money. Right, she messed up. How'd she mess that one up? <laughs> She's a lawyer, and she got stuck. She didn't get stuck with that daughter. She got the daughter, and somehow didn't get the house. I think this just says a lot about society. She's the lawyer of a sixty-four million dollar man, and she can't go to a divorce court and fight to get a house so that her daughter can grow up in the house. Either way. I think these early DCOMs have an issue with just trying to shoehorn a romance in, but also not developing it one bit. Because we saw this in Under Wraps as well. I can't imagine it's just going to be the early DCOMs. <laughs> well, at least other ones have like that basis of, this is going to be a movie about teen romance. I don't know what this is a movie about. <laughs> it's about dog psychics. But um, so when Jack meets Allison and Nicole there, Jack just hands off the dog to Nicole and they go off on their merry ways while uh, Jack and Allison sign some papers. Nicole seemingly is one third of the size of Lucky. That's what, yeah, like, like and more powerful. And we see... Um, after the, like, Jack and Allison conversation during it, Nicole starts running with the dog, and there is no urgency in either Jack or Allison to stop Nicole or Lucky from running away, and basically Nicole being dragged around this mall. Right, it's like, if Jack just handed, like, an up, 
an uphouse worth of balloons to Nicole, and she just started flying away. And then they're like, oh, oh, should we go? Should we go get her? And they were like, I guess so. Yeah, and they just, they started to go on a walk where they start to learn a little bit more about each other. Allison has a big family, and that I, she thinks that Nicole is missing out on people being there for her. But this conversation doesn't matter because Lucky sees and smells wonton Tommy's wonton chicken. We're not there yet because I have, not. I have an issue. You, oh, of course you do. Nicole and Lucky go on this weird train ride. Oh my god. <laughs> and there's this statue outside of the train ride. And I I sat there and tried to understand what the statue could possibly be. And I guess my best guess is like a troll. Okay. But my goodness, is it the scariest statue I've ever seen? I don't even have a description of it. Like I didn't see it, so it, it is I was hoping you would see it. <laughs> because you're the scenic expert. Of this podcast. That's, take that lightly. It's in the contract. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'll read it next time, I promise. It's a very ter- terrifying statue. It was a cute train ride, though. Right, right. And they, and, and they were... Uh, it was a very adorable train ride. Yeah. But then after that, uh, Lucky smells... As well as Jack smells some wonton Tommy's wonton chicken. And they run to the restaurant and begin to eat, I'm going to say, the entire mall food court during this scene. They cause a lot of havoc in a food court. And I I don't get it because, like, were food courts by your house... Those tables and those chairs were, like, bolted into the ground. I think so, yeah. And they're, like, knocking everything over. They're knocking stuff down. They're hitting people, I feel, by accident. It's a mess. Lucky and Jack are going to just, like, run around, eat everything, wreck everything, because they got so excited. Allison and Nicole are just going to leave. They're not there. They don't try to stop either one of them. They just ditch them. Right. They just... They, Allison's like, alright, come on, honey. And they leave. And they go I, home. I didn't, even, I didn't even know we got a goodbye. I just saw... Like, they saw them run to the wonton Tommies, and then they just ditched. Jack was in the middle of asking Allison out. Yeah, oh, yes. I and he, he got distracted by the wonton Tommies. And she just took her daughter and went... All right, let's go home. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's not the only thing that doesn't make sense in the scene because the police are called basically on uh, Jack and Lucky. They don't get arrested or even reprimanded. They just get pulled out of the garbage can they were eating out of. That's about it. Right, and the police officer, the police officer is going to come back up. 
later. As if he has, like, as if he's defend, like, this is a criminal, this is a criminal charge, and nothing happens. If you can give a dog $64 million, then this was a crime. Right. And their lawyer left. (laughs) The one person who could defend them just left. But after that, so after that mall scene, after the cops get him, we go back to the mansion where the nephews are on another stakeout and they see everything from the store being delivered. And Margaret's like, I'm going to go turn on my charm for Jack. I am going to get him to give us the money, I guess. She doesn't really have a plan here. There's seemingly one thought up plan (laughs) by the group of relatives. And we're not even near it yet. This is the worst idea they've ever had. Uh, well, during that conversation that Jack and Margaret have, uh, we learn that the imported marble in the house has been replaced with AstroTurf, which I think is a great design choice if you want my scenic expertise here. It, I, I have a bone to pick with this one. I got Just another bone? Put the AstroTurf over the marble. Honestly. The marble is probably worth millions of dollars. You just put the astroturf over the marble. Well, speaking about bones, you got the pick. Jack and Lucky. Oh, no, there's another one. You have another bone? I'm sorry. Why is Lucky not excited right now? Uh, Because he he spent all the money, and he's like, I need a break. I've had a good time. There are people... There are dog toys. There, there is countless amounts of steak being hauled into the home, and Lucky is just chilling. He, I don't get it. I don't get what this power is. I don't get when the dog overtakes Kirk Cameron. It's entirely whenever they feel like it. Right. But but you're getting too angry. I see your like your blood pressure going up at this movie. You see my blood pressure going up? What do you have on me? You have a tracker in me? No, but I, I can just tell. It's a it's the vibe you're giving off here. <laughs> What's your pulse at? Seven. Seven? That sounds safe. Uh but your question does kind of get answered. Jack gets excited because Lucky sees the bones being brought in. Because he saw you had some bones to pick. And he gets excited at the bones. And then um, Margaret, just standing there, since Jack has turned into a dog, gets her skirt bit off, basically. Nothing risky, but part of her skirt gets ripped off because Jack has bitten it. Right, and she's going to just wear that the rest of the movie. She's got no other clothes. They have enough, money to, they have enough money to buy a car. In a motel, but not... They just don't have any other clothes, either. They got their one outfit, and they were happy with it. Because, you know, rich people are happy with one outfit. They're gonna... Everyone else but her in that group are gonna have another outfit also coming up. Yes. But we're not there yet. Yeah, we're not there. Um, So, we head into the mansion... Where uh, Jack and Calvin, Jack thanks Calvin for keeping the secret 
which I guess he does. Um, and we learn that they built a sidewalk cafe for Lucky with all the goodies in the house. Just to hop back real quick. Yeah. He says, he says, thanks, Calvin, for keeping the secret. And he says he doesn't want Allison to see him when Lucky takes him over. Well, right now there's no criminal case. No, but how has Allison not seen him when that happened? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. She, she had to. There's no time where in between her leaving the food court and them attacking the wonton tommies where they don't see this. She is there. He takes off from a conversation of her with her to get down on all fours, run to wonton tommies. He wreaks havoc through a mall, has the cops called on, on him. She's the lawyer and also was there and watched him do it. I don't know why you're trying to make sense of this. Uh, but another thing that Calvin did say is that he was happy seeing Lucky spend all of Mr. Windsor's runny money, which is real weird. Because there, I don't think there was any beef between the two. And also, if Lucky spends all this money, Calvin has no salary. Right, I guess so. <laughs> I guess, guess they're going to have to sell back the uh, large shoe that we see in this scene that uh, Lucky has purchased. I'm sure Lucky's going to get into the stock market in a little, in a little while. What do you think he would invest in? Bones. Bones? Is that like a publicly traded company? No, just like physical bones. <laughs> just individual bones he invests in. I respect MetLife. MetLife. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, after that scene, the nephews, it's nighttime, and the nephews return to the mansion in their van with disguises. Um, which means Margaret is now wearing sunglasses. Thank you. <laughs> That's all. Um, Lyle is wearing a black hat. Felt like a plumber. Looked like a plumber a little bit. Um, he says he has camo on his face, but it looks like a little bit of dirt. Ruben's dressed as the Red Baron. Yeah, he's got an aviator cap on. Which is a Snoopy reference that I wrote down. <laughs> Before, entirely separate to the MetLife joke. <laughs> but here we are with another Snoopy call. That, that's two, apparently. <laughs> who who would have thought? But they, um, so after we see their disguises, they all climb the fence over. They, of course, they struggle. But one thing that's weird here is they go cut the um, power lines to the, far, the phone and alarm to the house. There has been nothing in this film that has proven to me that one, they know what like phone lines and like uh, all like the alarm lines look like, and two, where they would find them in this house. Right. The characteristics of the villains are that they're materialistic, which I think is fitting for a Kirk Cameron movie. But there's no indication that they would know anything about the architecture of the house. There's yeah. No- like maybe like stuff in the house, but definitely not like a power box on the outside of it. Right. Um, 
after that though they all go inside and they um they reveal that they all have weapons which includes dart guns and a sedative for the dog in a gold shot uh shot thingy which makes no sense because once again they have no money so even oh it's syringe <laughs> that's the word so even getting a regular syringe they wouldn't have the money for but no they have a gold syringe yeah, they have three shrink guns and ammo to shrink the dog. And it's like, is it like eight shots between the three of them? I don't know. It's a lot. It's more than one. It feels like it feels like Lyle and Ruben are going to shoot twice and Mark, like twice combined and Margaret is going to shoot about four times. Margaret shoots Lyle. Um, Margaret shoots Reuben. Right. Um, Reuben shoots Margaret. Uh, Reuben and Lyle shoot Margaret at the same time. Yes. And I think that's all. There are a few strikes too. Reuben, I think, shoots something plastic. Oh, he shoots a uh, a blow-up dog. A doll would be very weird in this, but it's a blow-up dog, which he thinks is lucky. I guess, theoretically, they could just pick him back up? I guess. I don't know how dark guns work. But Jack and Lucky are going to... They wake up Calvin. They wake up Calvin, because Lucky and Jack wake up from all the... There's a bunch of physical comedy here when they all get shot with darts, and they knock stuff down, which wakes everybody up. So everybody's split up in this mansion. And Lucky, after um, Margaret gets shot by Lucky and Lyle. Nope, there's too many names here. After the guy nephews shoot Margaret, Lucky's there. Um, So Lyle pulls out his dart gun and tries to fire a dart. But he's out of it because their unlimited darts have run out at this point. Um. And then Margaret goes to shoot Lucky, but Jack comes into the room with a a bone bigger than Lucky, I think. It's I think it's plastic. I think it's a it's like it's not a real bone. I think it's like a giant plastic chew toy. Okay. And you he, know dog stuff. He he comes in with this and they sent they've sent Calvin downstairs. So that Lucky and Jack could take upstairs. And they're facing off. Margaret shoots the plastic bone. And then Lucky, unexcited up until this point, activates Jack's dog mode. He shifts in the dog mode. And they chase them off of the balcony. They go through a window at this point to go off the balcony. This has to be the weakest glass ever because there's no force behind the way they run through this glass to get off the balcony but they fall off that balcony into a little fountain under which i'm gonna say maybe a foot deep should kill them most likely or at least injure them more than they are in the next scene exactly the next scene we're going to see the cops show up. Mm-hmm. 
And I have a, I have shockingly a bone to pick here. Yeah, but another bone. Much like Lucky, we have tons of bones throughout this movie. Yeah, and we get excited by them. We get excited by them. We're gonna go at all of them. <laughs> the cops show up, and Jack tells them that they smell that they know it was the relatives who broke in because they could smell them. Because he's a dog, of course. Because they were dogs. But I guess that doesn't work. Like, the cops are like, well, we can't possibly be able to go off of you smelling them. Like, what do they smell like? And and he's like, I don't know. The laws in this movie are very wishy-washy, we have learned. The law is not my problem. My problem is that they saw them. It. I think the thing was that it was it was too dark to see them, but they obviously saw them as they, they chased them, them out of the house. Yeah, they saw them. They chased them out of the house. <laughs> it's a good bone the pick you got here. I got no explanation, man. There was a standoff. They looked at each other and chased them out. Hmm. I'm, all right. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. So we move on to back to the lawyer's office, and like the relatives are injured, and they're like, "We're gonna take the lawyer's offer because it makes sense now." Apparently, they can't get this sixty-four million away from a dog because that's it's been too difficult. Apparently, um, but the lawyer says he'll accept. But he has raised the price to 50% of the money. I appreciate the honesty. Right. Which is a great strategy. He bumps it up to 50%, which is $32 million. And his amazing plan to get them the money is to legitimately tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah. They, sh- they should have done it from the start. That's life for you. Tell the truth from the start, guys. We're educational here. All he says, all you have to do here is tell the truth. They, they say, hey, the guy says you can talk to dogs. <laughs> the dog psychic who's been scamming people for years in this town is crazy. It's not hard to prove. Right. And... And they have to record him barking through a window with ever actually putting tape in the camera. Mm-hmm. They have to walk up and try and convince him, which I guess is honestly the best plan. Yeah. And they try and break in and kidnap the dog. <laughs> Before they ever think, go to the media and say, hey, this guy's crazy. It's He's, obvious. You saw the food court. Like, people saw... There was enough people in that food court for people to know and that to get around town. Outside of one little thing... Outside of one thing that happens in this movie, the relatives are completely in the right <laughs> to think that the dog therapist, who is either A, a con man, or B, insane... Yeah. Is 
is unfit to have $64 million from a man he had one conversation with. One conversation with. I think there's, I don't know, man. I'm defeated by this movie. Well, there's still more to go. There's shockingly a lot less than I thought. Yeah, there's there's some stuff that happens, but like, there's only one more important thing really in this. And film. we'll say it, it goes fast. This movie. Yeah. No, I agree. It's. I've seen worse movies, but like, yeah. Exactly. Um. So they take your strategy, and or the lawyer's strategy, and they go to the media, and we see this because. Allison has come over to Jack's house and tell her to um, turn on the TV. And um, in this media thing, the lawyer says that Jack took advantage of Mr. Windsor and basically wrote himself into the will. And that also Jack is mentally incompetent. One, which is true. Not the sliding into the will kind of thing, but the mentally incompetent thing. Right. And if then he, he tells talk oh, to dog. If he can talk to dogs, something's going on in there. Yeah, whether it's like true or not, this man either thinks he can talk to dogs or knows he can talk to dogs. <laughs> but um, Jack tells Allison that like it's not true. And Allison's like, okay, we'll go to court. They have no evidence, which I don't think is true. They may not have it, but people have it. He lies to Allison again. Or I guess for the first time, and tells tells her that he has no secrets to hide, but I honestly don't know what the secret is that he hides. It's what? that he acts like the dog. But she's saying that. But not not according to the movie. Allison walked out with Nicole. They had better stuff to do with them all. They went to build a bear. Who knows? You're frustrated, I can tell. All right, let's get on on with this. You want to move on? Okay, so then we go to court where um, Mr. Mooney, the first client from the beginning, um, the maid, who Cosmo's mom, um, one of the mall cops, Paul Blart, and um, Clint. Uh, Nope. Yep, it's Clint. No. Nope. (laughs) I will never get this right. Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. They all, like, testify against Jack. Calvin. Calvin, thank you. Um, So then after they all testify, Jack goes up on the stand and admits he was lying about his practice, which was completely obvious. I have to backtrack here. Please backtrack. All right. Just my list of bones to pick. Another bone. Why is this a trial? Why is there a jury? Why is this a court case? Right. I get you need a judge. Fine. Why is there a jury? What is he's not a criminal? Imagine you get your in like in the mail, you get summoned for jury duty. And they're like, okay, you made it through the jury process. And these people are already frustrated at their time being wasted. And then they get to the court. And the case is that this man 
can read the mind of dogs. But he has now stuck his way into the will and has $64 million shared with the dog. Right. You were summoned for jury duty of the case of who gets the money. Three blood, maybe not blood relatives, of the man or his dog. (laughs) Who gets $64 million? You had to take off work for this. You... Like, this is like, oh my god. It's a slap in the face. What? Like, there's, it makes no sense why there's a jury. <laughs> I do have a fun fact here, though. Not fun fact. This is uh, important information. Is this, is this an actor thing? Right. This is an is actor. It about the judge? It's about the judge. Yes, Patricia Belcher. Okay. Uh, what, what do you know her from? What you go because I know I know where you know her from. So you, go. you know, she is from Good Luck Charlie. She plays, I think Gabe's ne- nemesis. I don't know her name, but she's in Good Luck Charlie. I I remember nothing about Good Luck Charlie. I don't, but I knew I re- like she's in a bunch of things. So another, I looked her up on a very like yeah another well known character actress. Maybe not well known, but like very you know her face. Yeah. So I looked her up and I saw she was in Good Luck Charlie and I I remembered it. What do you know her from? She is our one decom repeat in this movie. (laughs) We have one. I forgot. (laughs) I'm so glad that we have a returnee or a first time who will return later. Patricia Boucher will return in the Proud Family movie. Is that all? That's all. That's it. And it's animated, so... <laughs> That's the last we see of her. Her. But not her voice. Not her voice. So, that's a fun fact. Okay. So, back to the court case that this jury has been drunk into, uh, brought into. Um, so Jack says he can read the mind. I mean, he's lying about the practice, but he can read Lucky's mind. So, um, I think somebody asked him to prove it. And he just says, Lucky's thinking about the lawyer's shoes, which proves nothing. Exactly. It was true. Yeah, it was true, because he can read the mind. But just as a person, he can just say anything. Right. I also jump back here one last time. When Calvin is on the stand, they ask, have you ever seen him act like a dog? And he goes, that's going to take a while for me to explain. And then they cut away from it. Yeah. (laughs) They just go on. Calvin knows all of it. Calvin is under oath. He has the truth. And they ignore him. I I really thought Calvin was going to perjure himself just in front of everybody. I thought that's where we were going to go. But I guess they just avoided it by not having him say anything at all. Um, back in the court case, Margaret uh, says uh, she was chased off the property by Jack, who has bit her skirt. She shows that to the courtroom. And they She's, take a... Oh, you go. She says... She says, I was just going... She wanted to visit and reminisce at the house. 
I don't know much. Yeah. Well, you, I don't think you get to go back, visit, and reminisce a pla- at a place that you were carried off of the property and by you don't, cops. You don't, you, somebody else owns that property now. You don't own that property. That's trespassing. Right. And you were carried away by cops. You don't get to just walk in and be like, I'm reminiscing. I wanted to reminisce and I was attacked. Like, That's a probable cause for attack. That makes sense. Right. <laughs> You're frustrated. Let's continue. So the court case takes like a pause. Um, and then Allison is respectfully angry at Jack because he told her nothing. And then she's like, I'm going to have to leave town. I've lost this case. I'm going to, I'm a fool. And then Jack says, let me go on the stand. I can channel Lucky in front of everybody. He was on the stand. Already, yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how courtrooms work. So maybe she wasn't allowed to talk to him. I don't know. Maybe I think this was like the 12 angry men of our generation. <laughs> That's this a claim is... I'm willing to take to the grave. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Okay, cool. I don't think I'll be disproved at all. So uh, we go back to the courtroom, and uh, Allison's like, we need time to demonstrate that Jack can be the dog. And then the uh, nephew's lawyer is like, only if you can get somebody to admit that they believe because, you know, the Disney thing of if you believe you can achieve. So Clint says he believes because Calvin, Calvin, Calvin. I, I wrote Clint. I'm Who's sorry. Clint? <laughs> it's Who's nobody. Is Clint? It's absolutely nobody. His name that Cal- You've given him so many names. I have exclusively wrote down Uncle Phil for every note about his character, and you still come up with Clint. My Uncle Phil says he believes, and Jack and Lucky take the stand. Um, so Jack says he just doesn't understand Lucky right now because he's not worked up yet. And then the lawyer is like, you're a stinky man, Jack. Basically, that's the extent of it. And the dog starts to get angry, which causes Jack to become the dog. Right. The the lawyer seems like very kind of like cooperative. With he seems like process. a lawyer. Yeah. He seems like a lawyer, but he also seems like a lawyer that doesn't like have $32 million on the line. <laughs> like, <laughs> pretty soon they'll be like, pick, pick an item. And let's see if, if Jack can tell you what it is by Lucky looking at it and Jack's going to face the jury and tell the jury what item you're holding. And he's like, oh, no problem. And grabs <laughs> out a pen and puts it in front of the dog and Lucky does it. Like, the, he's so, like, all right with what's going on. Yeah. Where there's $32 million on the line for him. He never questions this, the absurdity of this case. Right. But I respect that. You're a lawyer. You got to get the job in. Clock in, clock out, you know. So after the, um, that whole choosing scene where the lawyer shows stuff and Jack chooses, um, 
Jack decides to talk to the judge is lucky and goes on this inspirational speech, I guess. I don't know what to call it. Something like that. But the important part of this is um, Lucky sees Lyle putting these, uh, I'm going to call it Alka-Seltzer, anti-acids, whatever. He puts it, oh, you go. I have an idea. Yes. Can we rank the inspirational speeches throughout these movies? I like that. Was there one in Hunter Raps? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay, so we can start our inspirational speech rankings, and sadly, this is number one right now. Right, it won't be. <laughs> it won't be for long. It but it is for, right now. Yeah, but it is right now. <laughs> so he goes on the speech, and then um, these tabs that I think Lyle is putting into the drink is the same ones that I think Mr. Windsor did. So we get another flashback back to the night that Mr. Windsor dies where Lucky sees Lyle putting poison into Mr. Windsor's drink that he drinks before taking Lucky out. And the way that you know this is poison is because of the huge label on the side. Right. There's a giant label that's a poison on, on the model. And I don't know why it took him... I don't know if it matched the things that Mr. Windsor was putting into his drink. I think he was just like, oh, look, he's like tilting a bottle into a drink. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. It's like the poison. So then after that, we see in the flashback, Mr. Windsor die again. If we just forgot that Mr. Windsor has been dead for the entire movie. And then um, Jack, who has channeled Lucky, has seen this flashback and calls Lyle out for this. So what does Lyle do? He pulls out a gun. What is with these first decoms and the bad guys just whipping out a gun, like a real gun? Oh, it's, I think, once again, I think it's, that's going to track for a while. <laughs> he he pulls out a gun and, like, and, like, so do the security guards. Like, there's a but he's yeah, just like, I- hey, put him down. And they're like, all right. <laughs> We're putting him down. <laughs> so they start walking slowly out of the courtroom because they've been caught. And as they are about to leave the courtroom, Lucky just tackles Lyle. Out of nowhere. The angle of- doesn't make sense. Yeah, he. it looks like he walks through the seats vertically which isn't how courtrooms work and then jumps diagonally into lyle where the gun sets off now you don't think this is too bad at first but after the nephews are arrested lucky's on the floor i honestly i couldn't realize it i didn't realize that the gun went off until my (laughs) dad pointed it out to me because i i just like i didn't hear the gunshot because i was so confused by the route that Lucky takes to just show up and tackle Lyle. Like, it doesn't make sense, Lucky's route. And then on top of that, he tackles him, and then apparently a gun goes off, and then Lucky's on the ground. I honestly thought Lucky was dead. I was devastated. Like, I didn't feel any emotion throughout this movie, 
but I thought Lucky just got shot. It really, it, it's a very strange scene of everyone in the courtroom is like standing around Lucky mm-hmm. and they're like, oh my God, is Lucky okay? And then Al- Allison just goes, oh, and she's Grace is here. And everybody laughs. And everybody laughs. Because Jack's like, ow, that hurt. Ha, ha, ha. It's like, that dog, everybody thought that dog was dead. A dog got shot. And also, where did that bullet go? I think it just went up into the ceiling. I, maybe it went up, and that feels right. But also, like, the bullet just grazed <laughs> the dog's ear, and everyone laughed. They're like... There, nobody's like, let's get this dog some help, even if it just skimmed his ear. It doesn't matter. That dog, everybody thought, was dead. And they laugh about it. That's basically the movie, but we get one more scene back at the mansion where um, Jack has a surprise for Allison that he bought Nicole the dog that Nicole wanted at the uh, the pet store earlier. But it's not really Nicole's dog because the dog is staying at the mansion. Right. There's seemingly not. I I don't think there's an end to like the romantic plot. Like, it's just like we bought your daughter a dog, but it's gotta stay here with all the other dogs that we bought from the pet store. So really, technically, did we buy the dog for your daughter, <laughs> or did we just buy all the dogs and that dog's also here? The only <laughs> the only ending to that like relationship thing is um, Jack goes. It, this is so Nicole can be a part of a family and maybe you too, which was real creepy. Allison has no reaction to that statement. And then they just go look at all the other dogs. Can't be the creepiest thing Kirk Cameron has said to his wife. <laughs> but. Hey, we want him on the pod. Be nice. If we get Kirk Cameron on the pod, we're asking the hard hitting questions. You're hitting the, asking the hard-hitting questions. I'm asking about bogus. It's really weird to say it that way, where he's like, just so Nicole can be a part of the family, and hopefully you too, which implies, like, look, it's it's with you or without you. It doesn't matter to us. Like, we got Nicole. <laughs> You're going to have to keep bringing her over and so she can see her dog, because that dog is ours. So is Nicole. So, <laughs> I don't remember that part. But then the movie ends. Uh, Jack is hugging some dogs, which kind of has the same vibe as walking off into the sunset. So, it's that same feeling. All right. <laughs> let's put let's let's put a bow on you, lucky dog. You want to put a bone on it? Um. <laughs> That doesn't make sense, but we're going to go with it. (laughs) Someone laughed. Let's hope. Let's throw it in our... Let's throw it in our ranking. Let's see where it lies for both of us versus under wraps. You go first. Why not? Well, why why don't we do it at the same time? Okay. So we go... I well, thought you were gonna have to think hard about this one. No, I'll count it on. I'll count on three, and you just will say ahead or below from where it goes 
compared to under wraps. Okay. Know? Okay. So three, three two, two, one. Above. Below. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I mean below. I thought it'd be a funny <laughs> bit. <laughs> you really believe me there, you fool. No, Under Wraps was 100% better than this movie. Right, it's not even close. Um, I think I think Do Lucky Dog's gonna be hanging out in this spot for a while. Uh, yeah. Especially compared to Under Wraps. Like, Under Wraps actually made me laugh. It had funny scenes. And it made me feel stuff. Like, happy and stuff. Happy, sad, the emotions. You know them. But this one... Just nothing. Went through the motions of watching it. Right. It also doesn't, like I said earlier, it does not feel like a decom. It doesn't. It seems... I'm not going to say too well produced, but oh, no, here's what I thought. There were really no kids in this. There's no kids. Nicole's the only one. And I think compared to literally every other decom, where the main people are the kids. Right. So this has that weird vibe to it. It's it's not really related to any Dis- Disney Channel personalities. Mm-hmm. I guess Under Wraps really isn't either. No. But I think it it's not, like this movie could have come out in theaters and not been a decom, and yeah. I would have never. But the fact that it's labeled as a decom doesn't make sense. Like, I get it, Disney Channel original movie, <laughs> but you put $4 million into this. Yeah. And it's so not a decom. I feel like Under Wraps had that decom charm where this one just doesn't. It just feels like a low-budget Kirk Cameron movie. Right. There's no, there's no, like, that's the biggest thing is, like, kids aren't, like, look at these kids. Like, people were excited to watch DCOMs when they came out. I don't know how you as a kid are, like, I can't wait to watch You Like a Dog when it comes out. <laughs> On at 8, 7 Central. At 8, 7 Central. Because it's just so not, the target audience just can't be kids watching Disney Channel. Yeah, I'm going to guess like the selling point to kids watching it was look at this grown man act like a dog and look at this dog just be a dog. I think that was really that's all they had because they'll go into the talking dog uh, business later, I feel. But right now, they just had regular dog and grown man acting like dog. They're going to deal, yeah, dogs are going to come back up they're gonna work better with other people and not Kurt Cameron. Kurt <laughs> you never see a, him again. Kurt Cameron's a bad selling point now. Yeah. I don't know how if he was a good selling point back then either though. I feel like coming off that like success of growing pains, he had to have some not star power, but he recognizability. Had, <laughs> he had it. But he also ruined it with so much growing pains where he was, like, where he just controlled it. And, like, like, none of these kids watching Disney Channel watch growing pains. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just so weirdly out of place. It was almost like they were, like, 
they had reached out to Kirk Cameron to do this before they started under wraps. <laughs> and then it got pushed to now. And then they were like, well, let's just put it out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's very clearly on the bottom for me. Yeah. It's, it's number two, but it's, it's last more is, I think is the better way to say it. it's last place. And I think for a while, of of the ones that I've seen coming up here, I don't know what is gonna uh, is gonna be worse. Yeah, because I know I know Brink is up next, and I I haven't watched that, but people definitely have fond memories and good times of that. Brink, so. yeah, Brink is gonna be a big one, and it's really gonna kind of kick off the wave of. Decoms here. Yeah, I think this is the first recognizable one. Right. For sure. It's huge. I know my sister was super excited for it when it came out. Mm-hmm. And everyone talked about it at her school. Oh, that's cool. So it'll be We're getting into fun stuff. It's also yeah. the first one that I've seen. Okay. I, we're going to have to wait a long, long time for me. I've looked through the list. It's a long, long time. It's not too long. So Technically, I've seen Smart House. but It's not technically. I mean, you've seen Smart House. <laughs> <laughs> you've shown me Smart House. On this weird technicality, Ethan uh, had his eyes closed the whole time, but he kind of opened them one time when we were watching Smart House. So <laughs> he's seen Smart House. L- legally, I've seen it, but we'll get to that. Do you have anything else to say about your lucky dog? I don't think I do. I I think I'm done. I'm done with you, lucky dog. I'm ready. And I think <laughs> I'm pumped for... We're going to hit a lot of classics coming up here. I'm excited to see these for the first time. And we're really going to... Once, once we get past these next two, we're going to just hit the years where they pumped them out. They're a machine. They're a machine. They're all going to be good, except for probably the horse-based ones. Wait, you're not a horse girl? No. (laughs) We'll talk about that when we get to that movie. You (laughs) You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor FM. Go to Anchor FM and find out where you can listen to it. You yeah, it's follow, places. There's places. You can follow our Twitter account, which is the Untitled Decom podcast. We'll tweet out the episodes, probably. I don't think I tweeted out the first one yet. Uh, no, you just said listen to our podcast to, uh, to three people, which is us and one other person we know. I haven't listened to it yet, so I'm hoping that it's good. Uh, <laughs> we're hoping, we're praying. They really just be letting anybody onto these uh, podcast platforms. Oh, it's super easy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we have a schedule for these. Because 
you're not in school, but I'm in school. Right. I dropped out of college. You dropped out in college. I am planning on dropping out, but as of now, I'm still in school. So uh, we'll follow the Twitter so you can find out when we're dropping new episodes. Right. Or subscribe on Apple Podcast. Subscribe or on Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. Uh, leave reviews. We like those. I think those help us. Just tell make us, it five stars. I mean, tell us how good we are. You're probably you're probably like related to us if you're listening to it anyway. So give us five stars. Give us five stars, and if you want to say something bad, give us five stars and tell us why we're bad. Yeah, people do it in our like real life. Why not just give us five stars and do it? Right. It's just a classic pity five stars and then criticize us. That's what we're here <laughs> that's for. How, that's how life goes, man. <laughs> so thank you for joining us. And go have yourself a bone.